All right. So this is me and you. Mm-hmm. This Again. is Sherry and Mom. This is take two on the Orsi family murders because the first time sucked. Well, I don't know if it sucked. No, it sucked. Because you couldn't hear me. The sound. Sometimes obviously makes the podcast. You know what I'm saying? So here we are, post Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. re recording. This is Outline of a Murder. Hey, do you have a a daughter saying ready? No. What? I didn't know we were going to do this for sure, and I didn't think about it. I mean, you need to think strategically, right? Yeah. Like that would be something I would have had ready. I didn't. That's the way I I can't even think of one right now to make up. Okay. Well, you can do the mom one if you want. You don't have a mom. Well, I I don't remember which one I did. You should be. um, (laughs) You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Hey, hey. I will will have this handled. Hang on one second. Mom's saying, "All right, here we go." Is it a repeat though? You can't use a repeat. Mom knows that if you weigh two hundred pounds on the Earth, it's only seventy six pounds on Mars. It doesn't mean that you're fat, that you just are on the wrong planet. You know that, uh, (laughs) What? I was in a rush. Nothing. I had to grab one out of nowhere. But your phone. Right. That's not nowhere. Hey, we're not politically correct here. I could have done that. I just don't have my phone. (laughs) Okay. So the Orsi family. You know, I got to tell you, that what? was a good one. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. I thought so. That you know, was I was hesitant. One. Well, yeah, because. But I, I'm not politically correct. Yeah. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? But you're not being mean. No, I'm not being mean at all. Yeah. Just are on the wrong planet. You know what I'm saying? If you want to. Weigh 70 pounds, I guess. I need to go to that planet, <laughs> don't I? Okay, mm-hmm. now, the Orsi family murders was a recommendation uh, from Peggy, remember? Yes. And it's going to be a short one, but I wanted to do it for two reasons. One, because Peggy recommended it, and she also recommended the Tracy McBride case. I which remember. Which we did, yeah. Thank you, Peggy. And then also, this is one where I could not find any evidence of domestic abuse or violence. Domestic violence. Zero? Mm -mm. Nope. Mm. And, you know, like our, I think it was season two where it struck us how many of the cases we did had absolutely no domestic violence. There was definitely abuse in most of them, but not where they were being hit you know, more mental, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mental and emotional abuse, which is still abuse. It is. Now we had one that, um, hockey player. I don't remember. Oh yeah. Remember? And there was nothing. There was absolutely All the way, nothing mm-hmm, to the end. We couldn't, there was nothing. This one is kind of similar to that. However, um, I think there was definitely some control issues at which we'll see. So he, he has Mr. Orsi, who's now dead, um, he had more red flags, I think, than the hockey player one. What was that, the name? That I hate when I forget victim names. It really bothers me. Well, yeah, in your defense, though, we've done a lot of these, and we do watch a lot of true crime, and yeah. it can get a little confusing. It just feels bad. Let me let me um, look it up. Look it up. But so this one is in a little town in uh, Alabama called Wintumpka. And I hope I just said that correctly because if I did not, I just apologize um, beforehand. Okay, so season two 
Um, okay, so it's season two, episode two, Kelly Clayton. Oh, Kelly yep. Clayton. I yep. remember that one. Yeah. yeah. There was absolutely no mm-hmm. warning signs at all. and uh, Not even from people that knew both knew of them. them both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She didn't now, complain? Remember, really? the, the sister wondered if he was cheating on her because right. he was very flirtatious. But not abusive. But not no. abusive. No. And she said, there's no way he would do that to me. Mm. And so she she was absolutely head over heels in love with him. Um, but on this one, we've got this little town. And I have it pulled up here of Wintumpka, Alabama. And they oh, call that's it. pretty. Yeah, they call it the city of natural beauty. I mean, it's gorgeous. Um, it looks like lakes. It's a population of about 8,000, oh, which, perfect. you know, I mean, a lot of the, the crimes we do, I'm finding they also happen in little towns or suburbs mm-hmm. of larger towns. And, I, you know, we talked about how we couldn't imagine how much it impacted this little town, um, you know, to have something like this happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, so definitely a small um, little town. It looks like a really neat place to live. It has probably a tourist town too. Well, it's got trails. Mm -hmm. It has art, like a small art district. It's got historic sites like Fort Toulouse. Dad used to go to Toulouse all the time. Oh, he did? When he's on the road. Mm Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's a really neat place Mm -hmm. to live. Rumbling water. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The city of natural beauty. Yeah. Uh, Now, raw... I mean, isn't yeah, that neat? It looks cool. like it has uh, nice, white rapids. Nice park. Beautiful. Now, Robert Orsi, let me pull up. Um, this is a picture of him. It looks like he's doing maybe some CrossFit or some type of military training because you can see people in the background doing wall balls, and then uh-huh. he's got a tire that he's flipping. Uh, he's the dad, and he was reti- a retired Air Force vet. And then Charlene, which I've got a picture of her, or Charlie Orsi, the mother, she was originally from Saratoga Springs, New York. And she also served in the Air Force as well as uh, for four years, starting in 1992 as a radiology tech. And so her and Robert married in 1994 uh, in Anchorage, Alaska. And then after they got married, she became a full-time mom, and then she volunteered at her local school district. She's after, beautiful. Yeah. After Robert was transferred to uh, Holbert Field in Florida. And she loved being involved with the school kids, so much so that she decided to become a certified teacher in 2014. And she uh, said in her school bio, I fell in love with being a part of children's education. So she began teaching third grade at the Holly Navarre Intermediate School from 2014 to 2015 in Florida. Then when they moved to Alabama in 2016, she taught at Redland Elementary School. And I've got that up. So this is where she taught. Isn't it? it, I love the architecture in the South. It's so cool. Um, but that's where she taught, and they have taken her um, bio down. Oh, they have, of mm-hmm. course. But, yeah. you know, she's been gone for a while, but for a long time they had, you know, like a, you know, just a memory of her and stuff. So And they may still in the physical school. They might. A lot of those schools do. They do. Uh, that. So, anyway, but, yeah, she, um, she loved it, and uh, it appears that uh, they had lived there before, um, 
because she said, I'm blessed to be a part of the Redland Elementary School family once again as a parent and even more as a teacher. Oh. So I don't know if they lived there once or if she was just referring to the fact that she's a parent and also now a teacher. And he was in the Air Force and he just traveled. I oh, mean, I'm they sure. moved, to mm. move, kept moving. And, and he was retired Air Force and she only did the four years. Yeah. Oh. So Holbert Field is definitely. Uh, so they went Air there Force. because they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not because he was transferred or, you know. Well, that they, I mean, they get, you know, sent out. So they oh, have I thought to. he retired by then. No. Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know if he was retired at that point. But I, I think he was retired when they got to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they were in Florida, I think he was still active duty. Now, they were both very active in their kids' lives. And they had a very active social media account, which is still up actually oh yeah they've kept it up so this is the girls uh with her this was the last picture of all of them together and um so you could tell she loved her daughters but (laughs) notice they're triplets so she has the oldest daughter and then the three little girls were triplets oh my gosh Mm -hmm. look how happy the picture these are that's on facebook Mm -hmm. yeah you you can still find her don't you have all these pictures on your mm-hmm. our website? Yeah. Outlineofamurder.com. And there, there's her dad. Oh. But yeah, she was a very pretty woman. Um, You could tell she was family oriented. She must have been close to her dad. Mm-hmm. The, the, most people that aren't don't, you know, put little messages like that. And then she's got Happy Mother's Day on there. Oh. So, and that's when they were really young, the little triplets, three of them. <laughs> oh, they're wow. such cuties and then there's her at work does someone update this or no i don't you know? know i don't know if anybody does or not um wonder what the children are look, look like i now. mean grown yeah the uh one i'm sure is an mm. adult they might still be pretty young but you know definitely active they shared their adventures on social media um and then the triplets i i think i've got their age somewhere in here but they only had the four daughters, and let's see here. So like had I he said, been that's the before? last one. I don't know. Oh. So that's them when they're little princesses. They're little. That's probably Disneyland or World. But yeah, so you oh. could tell those are the triplets, and then there's the, the oldest. So to me, she looks like, I mean, the, the oldest was 13 at the time. They look like they're what, maybe 11? Yeah. Uh, so they were definitely, uh, they look close to her age or oh, the sister's cute. age. So now happy. on July 7th, 2018, which was a Saturday law enforcement received a 911 call about a person shot at the Orsi home. When they arrived, the house was on fire. A deputy found Charlene dead with a gunshot wound to the head in the carport area of the home and the the detective feared or the police feared an active shooter so they immediately entered the home in spite of the fire okay you know because obviously if there's an active shooter they got to get people to safety and they were met with two girls at the door as they were fleeing the house oh the deputy got the girls to the neighbor's home and then went back inside the house to look for the shooter and any other victims but he had to get out because of the smoke and flames He tried to get inside using another entrance, but that too was full of smoke and flames. So later they found Robert Orsi's remains, as well as one of the triplets remains inside the house, dead, of course. 
The total death count was three, Charlie, Robert, and one of the triplets. And what police discovered had, had them baffled, like what on earth? You know, like, did someone come in and kill, you know, Charlene and the dad and the triplet? Or, you know, what is going on here? Was it a murder-suicide? But the daughters, the surviving daughters, were able to tell them exactly what happened. But as you can see by this house, I mean, it ruined it. Like it, back here, there's nothing. It, well, if she was gunned down in the garage, that would tell me whoever did it was waiting for was waiting did it and then panicked put the house on fire to hide evidence but you would think if they were trying to hide evidence so that they would have put her body in the house and it wasn't her body was discovered outside oh outside Mm -hmm. yeah and so you can see this road right here that goes kind of behind the house yeah i'm wondering if that's where the carport was and if i'm not mistaken they were found at the back of the house so I'm assuming this front part, you know, but I mean, the, the thing just fell in on itself. So I, I, I'm going to think the child was an accident in there. He would just want to kill himself. Why wouldn't you kill one and not the other? Well, the oldest daughter, uh-huh. she was one of the ones that fled, mm-hmm. saw her mother get shot by her dad. Uh-huh. She immediately, so I guess either she was with her mom or she was outside when her mom pulled up. And he shot his wife. She, uh, the oldest daughter, ran to the neighbor's home. Good for her to think. Yeah. That quickly. And that was the original 911 call. So after he shot his wife, Robert Orsi forced the triplets to uh, lay down in the rear portion of the house. And he shot each one multiple times. He then spread accelerant throughout the house and lit it on fire. And then he went back to the back of the house and then shot himself in the head. What a coward. It reminds me of the uh, John List murders. Oh, yeah. Remember? Um, So he killed his wife. And some say, some reports, which is interesting, that his wife was actually at the kitchen sink. And he went behind her and shot her in the head and then put her in the ballroom. And then he went and shot his mother, but mother. couldn't carry mm-hmm. her down to the ballroom, right? And then he just waited for his kids or picked them up one by Each one, one and yep. shot them and laid them out in the ballroom. So this is similar And that he forced his daughters to lay down, and then he shot them multiple times. One of the triplets died, but the other two played dead until their father left the room to spread the accelerant. And I think it was gasoline, if I'm not mistaken. They knew that their other sister was dead. And then that's when, when they were fleeing, they met the officer and they got to safety. How smart that they are. So smart. Yeah. But I being mean, terrorized, because you know, some people, in fact, I know one, but some in a, in a situation, you know, sort of go in shock and do other things you normally wouldn't do. Yeah. You know or two. And. Uh, one, I don't go in shock. Well, you did. Well, when, when you were worrying about your slippers, robe, and oh, but, but other times I'm like, I got away from someone trying to kidnap well, me once in takes, Alabama, and well, I got away from another idiot, and uh, man, Alabama again. What's up with time. Alabama, guys? You know, it could happen anywhere. But, but what in my defense, girls. I was asleep. Okay, they might have, and too. couldn't find my slippers. You but, have to have slippers when there's crime. You know. Potential crime activity. Do you, do you have And then to I have thought slippers? I had racked my weapon and yeah, it wasn't but, completely racked. But I, I've practiced. 
So yeah, if I ever lucky needed... there wasn't someone real, <laughs> right? Because you might have been in trouble. I'm actually a really good shot. Yeah, but don't you have to have bullets in the gun? Don't you have to have bullets so in the anyway, gun? back to anyway, this. back to the it's story good for the girls because you know what, most kids. How old were they then? I'm thinking they look like they're about eleven. They have to be because wouldn't you be just crying hysterically? And for them to have the sense to run out, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. And they were shot multiple times. They and weren't shot just once. The mother or their sister dead mm-hmm. beside them. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean. And a child. And especially being triplets, you think that they would want to bring her out with them, and they didn't, which probably saved them, because if he would have seen them, he would have shot yeah. them. Uh, now, they you know had to go to the hospital obviously they said that their uh, father forced them quote to lie down on the floor face down and they went down the line shooting one two three and they described that he was quote almost like a machine one of the girls had one bullet lodged very close to the spine and would need multiple surgeries but they did survive oh. now what's really sad in an ironic twi- uh, twist, Charlie's parents, Charlene's parents, they were moving from New York to the area to be closer to their grandchildren. Well, and her parents and brother had driven down from New York that day, and they had no idea what had happened. They showed up at this house oh. an hour after the shootings and fire to discover that their daughter. And one grandchild was dead by the hands of their own father. That's just terrible. The firefighters were still fighting the fire when they pulled up with a U-Haul <gasps> with all of their belongings. Oh. So it's it's terrible and it's very, very sad. But I bet those girls were very happy to see their grandparents. Oh, yeah. Because they just lost their mother, their father, a sister. Mm-hmm. I you mean, know but, what's amazing, too, is those girls... One with the spine damage, and they've been all shot multiple times. Can get up, get out. That that's it's amazing. That's just amazing. That's and, a miracle. And looking at this house, I mean, he doused it because it looks like it was a two story. It looks yeah. quite large, right? It does. And um, and I'm just so proud that they were able to get out. Now the motive it it still has people baffled to a degree. Um, but I think it's pretty plain, but again, it's one of those cases where no one saw red flags. Did he have a girlfriend? Mm-mm. So what happened? Cause they didn't find much on it. It was really hard to research this case because there just wasn't a lot, but Charlie had filed for divorce on June 28th. Oh. So this was, okay, let's go back to the date. So this was July 7th. So on June 28th, she filed for divorce and she cited alleged drug abuse and, quote, uh, incompatibility of temperament. Oh. So that tells me he was angry, I'm thinking. Which could be brought on by the drugs, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because no one saw signs. 100%. Yeah. My dad when he was married to one of his wives, not you, (laughs) but when he was married to the other two, one of them, um, uh, cocaine, they started cocaine and they became very violent. Very. I remember, um, one of them pulled a, a, well, both of them actually pulled weapons on them. Um, but, and they're alive to, uh, mm -hmm. but he, he had to grab it and hit the one when he got it, he hit her cause she was, that's uh, just crazy, out of her mind man. and gave her a black eye and all that. But it was the only thing he could do to get where well, he's not himself. killed. And I was actually in the home too, both times. So he was going to do whatever he had to do. 
Um, but the cocaine made them nuts. It was crazy. Which drugs do. They do. So if he was like on cocaine, if he was on meth, I don't know. Uh, now, if he I was wonder, doing pot, it probably would have mellowed him out. So I'm thinking it was some type of stimulant. wonder how he started. Did he have something traumatic in the Air Force happen I don't to know. Him well, he denied it. Uh, now, she she wanted custody of the girls. So she that's what she filed for. He filed a response on July 2nd stating that he would contest the divorce and he would also um, ha- uh, contest the custody request. He denied that he was using drugs and they would have been married for 24 years in August. Well, she, I would think there'd be something. If he wasn't abusive, it, uh, chances are he's probably on drugs. He might have been. So I, and it's hard to tell because. Could they do blood work? Just knowing personality personalities but right okay so if he was in the air force and i've seen this over and over uh especially in a lot of the coaching i do for like married couples Mm -hmm. okay so she looks like she was family oriented very nice you know um loved kids so i'm thinking that her personality style might have been more nurturing um connecting was really important for her she loved teaching yep yeah with him uh I'm wondering if he was very controlled because uh, I have seen a lot of men, especially when they're in the military, even if they're not very regimental, mm-hmm. they are when they get out. Oh, yeah. And that makes sense, though. That's what they're taught to. Look at the lawn. So you have this huge lawn. Do you see those perfect lines? Okay. Yep. That, okay, when I mow my lawn, well, it looks like someone was drunk. I right? do mow that way, though. I mean... It just I mean, looks are you controlling? It just you like your environment I'm to bossy, look a certain way? Right. But I do like my environment to look a different, you know, a certain way. So I'm thinking, and it's lush, it's green. I, I'm thinking that he probably was very controlling. Extreme. And usually when people are losing control, they'll get extremely angry. So it'll either start coming out or they'll withdraw and they'll begin to plot, which I think is exactly which, what he what did. He did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so and he that's, didn't fought long. No. And I think that may be why it was an incompatibility of temperament is he was getting aggressive and angry or he cut her off completely. But here's another thing that I've seen over and over and over in marriages like that, where they've been married for 20 something years. What happens typically is, and this is just a pattern I've noticed where the wife will be like, I need you to do these things. I'm not happy, blah, blah. And sometimes a man does too, but typically it's a female. The female gets to a certain age, 40-something, 50-something. She's done. And she's now making her own money. The kids are older. Uh, She's more confident. She knows what she wants for the rest of her life. Uh, Coach Greg, uh, my peer that I do, the Art of of Self-Change podcast, he um, is a clinician, and he said the same thing. And he said usually the female has been saying for years – what they would like. Yep. And she's very patient with the man. And then and then there, it's like a light switch. You turn mm-hmm, it off mm-hmm. and they're done. And there's mm-hmm. no way to change her change mind. It, yep. I think that's where she probably was at because she's definitely the age where she'd be like, I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah, that's one way. Or if he was drug or drugs, the second way mm-hmm. is he could have just been angry. And once you filed for divorce, mm-hmm. that could have set him off. Mm-hmm. Well, and then either way, obviously they lived in separate houses too. Oh, because the night of the murders, Charlie went to the house to get the girls. 
And one of her daughters had texted her and said that Robert Orsi had, quote, calmed down and that she could come get them. Wow. So obviously there's something going on earlier that initiated the text. And again, it shows he had anger issues that Charlie was trying to avoid. But again, I could not find any evidence of domestic violence. So domestic abuse, I bet was there, but not the violence. I just want people to understand because there's, you know, abuse comes in different ways. Gaslighting, yeah, controlling, yeah. all that stuff. But if it was drugs, they would have done a drug test, I would have thought. If they could have. I mean, if he was charged. But, but would she had, well, maybe for the peace, to keep peace? If he was on drugs, bad, where he was so controlling and violent, well, I mean, would she let the kids? Yeah, I I think if he was violent, I don't think she would have. Or I've heard this before from people that have been abused. Well, he would never hurt his girls, though. I've heard that. I've heard that. That is, don't believe it. (laughs) Because especially if the person is very controlling, because that's what this is about. He didn't kill them out of necessarily a rage, like you might see in some type of domestic violence incident, although this is domestic violence, but this was a control. He was not going to let her get away and live her life without him. He was not going to allow some other man to raise his daughters, nor was he going to allow her to raise the daughters by herself. So this was a hundred percent control. But to kill the daughters. It's control. And even the, him killing himself, that's another thing. It's like Israel Keys killed himself so mm. well, the medical examiner couldn't tell what killed him first, asphyxiation or blood loss. Remember? I do remember. That and, was a strange case. And that case. was to control the narrative, 100%. That was on first season, right? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. bizarre. Where he could even write those skeletons. Mm-hmm. With, yeah. It was crazy. So... Um, we've got a situation where the, there doesn't appear to be any evidence of domestic violence. Um, Sheriff Bill Franklin said that there was a history of incidents with the family, but I could not find a single report. Um, and there's another article that says he said there wasn't. So I'm thinking one of them was a typo. I think th- there wasn't any evidence of domestic abuse. No one reported any signs post-murder of domestic abuse with Charlie or the girls. But there are a lot of women there is domestic. I don't think there was in this case, but there is domestic abuse that they don't report. Right. But sometimes daughters or or, Mm -hmm. and sons, you know, kids will. will Or you can just see that they always wear jackets Uh and things like that. Uh, Then also, um, he has no uh, past arrest record. He has no criminal background. And uh, so I do. I think he was an angry, controlling man, and I bet the drugs pushed him over the edge where he just was thought that was the best solution. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, what's crazy, though, in this county, this was the second domestic violence incident in 18 days. On June 19th, the Tallahassee, or Ta- Tallahassee police, not Tallahassee, Tallahassee police were called to a scene of a car accident in the parking lot of a local Walmart. 
When they arrived, they found Tresaya Miller, 58, and her mother, Barbara Buttles, 75, shot to death in the vehicles. They also discovered the dead body of Harold Miller, he was 65, with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. So it appears that he rammed his car into Tresaya's, shot her, his mother-in-law, and then himself. And she had filed for divorce and a protection order a few days before the shootings. Wow. So all that to say, with that incident and the um, Orsi incident, the most dangerous time and when uh, intimate partner homicide occurs is when you file for divorce, you leave, or you file a restraining order. Restraining orders, just my opinion, I don't, I don't like them. I mean... Some cases do for a record or they get arrested, but that just makes them matter. It, and it really depends. If you've got, like, to me, good law enforcement, right. they will enforce it. Yes. But it it's risky. I'll just say that. It's very risky. I don't want to discourage anybody from getting one. No. But it is risky, and you have to know if you get it, you've got to take extra precaution. You do. Move somewhere else. Do something mm-hmm. else because it's like if they're that angry, it's just... Poking the bear. Yeah, it is. With a restraining order. You have to be so careful, have a plan. And a lot of people, um, another thing that's important to know about domestic violence, whether you were ever hit or not, domestic abuse, I guess I should say, is a lot of times the plotting to kill you can be hours or days or weeks in advance. Like if you look at the Chris Watts, the family annihilator that we did the first season, um, he had plotted for hours to kill her and the girls before um, she got back from her trip. So you don't want to be in the same vicinity. You don't want to be in the same house, if at all possible. For some people, they don't have a lot of resources. You don't, but there there are resources, though. There are. Do you want to tell them? Well, yeah, we've got several on our website Mm -hmm. uh, where they can go, outlineofamurder.com, and uh, they're down at the bottom. And we've even got some resources for uh, military spouses because there's an awful lot of abuse that goes on there. And it's like, where are you going to go? Especially if they're an officer, what are you going to do? There is help, though. So there's a lot of you know mm-hmm. power they hold, but we've got several. One of the resources, when you click on it, if the, the abuser comes in the room, you just click a link, and it looks like a weather website. That's perfect. Now, um, oh, and then another side note that was crazy is one deputy that was racing to the Orsi crime scene wrecked en route, totaled his car, and the other first responders and cops had to keep going. They couldn't even check on him. And he was trapped for a while, but he was fine. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, and he understood. I mean, That's they, crazy. they've got to get to the scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They can't stop and make sure he's okay. Uh, so obviously this one ends. Um, the, the kids went, I'm sure, to live with the grandparents. But this is them afterwards. Oh. And um, uh, that's the sister. And that was a Christmas uh, deal, I think. They um, were getting them Christmas or birthday presents, and so they took a picture with that guy, and uh, they got them taken care of. But um, I can't imagine um, being orphans at that age. They're probably with the mother. I'm thinking the, the grandparents. Grandparents, yeah, I mean. Or maybe the brother. I'm not sure. I can't find what happened with them. But what I wanted to do to finish this one up is I wanted to talk about some of the signs Okay. Uh, since it's a short case. Right. So domestic violence affects more than 2 million women. Now get this. And 800,000 men. 
which is quite a bit, really. That's a lot. And men, a lot of men don't even report it. That's unreported ones, I bet. I'm sure. Because they're embarrassed. They're supposed to be the man, macho. Right. And we did that one case, yeah. that guy that uh, got killed yeah. by his uh, ex-wife. Um, and I don't know if these numbers are America, if they're worldwide. It is a public health problem, though. I found out due to homelessness, injury, death, and then billions of health care costs, as well as lost work productivity, not to mention what the victims are going through. So there's a huge cost. So it's, it's a national problem. Now, domestic violence is in all races, social, mm-hmm. economic statuses, sexual orientations, and religions. However, increased risk factors are poverty, lack of high school education, witnessing violence as a child or being abused, a low sense of self-worth, and also attitudes of male domination and substance abuse, especially alcohol. Now, the attitudes of male domination, you see that a lot with religious uh, mindsets oh, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. You know, the little wifey's supposed to do mm-hmm. all that the man says, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, warning signs are feeling demeaned. That's a big one. Some people think the things that are being said are like jokes, but... No. Yeah. It's like when someone's drinking alcohol, they say, well, I, I didn't mean it because I was drinking. No, you mean it more when you're drinking. You don't have any com- inhibition yeah. at yeah. that point. And it comes in. It's also, I've seen people joke to other people mm-hmm. to get a little dig in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's real. You know, even though me and Mike, we joke around and we'll even pick on each other a little bit. It's all in fun. Right. Um, We've never like, it's cutting, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When you have cutting remarks and cutting jokes that make Mm -hmm. you feel demeaned, obviously being assaulted, but also excessive control by the partner is a sign of abuse. I would add gaslighting Mm -hmm. because in every single case we've examined at some point, there's been gaslighting, isolation, Isolation manipulation, control, and demeaning, except for Kelly Clayton's case. That's the only one where we couldn't find anything. But also I've noticed there's a need to control the finances. Mm -hmm. Often there's extramarital affairs and threats of getting rid of the spouse to friends and family, but under the guise they're just joking. Mm -hmm. But you know what? A lot of people think they're joking. Because you'll hear after some of these cases, well, he did say... Or want to hire me, and I just laughed. Said, "Oh, you're just, you're just." And kidding. of course, if they're wanting to kill somebody, they're going to laugh too. Yeah. Like, "Oh, I was just kidding." Especially when they see your reaction. Mm-hmm. So, if anyone ever kids about that, call an authority. Or yes. Tell someone. Yes. Well, tell the spouse number one. Yeah. And the authorities, I think, is important. I think spouses tend not to believe something like that. But still, they know. Let them know. But I think because it's so outrageous, who would think their spouse? And there's nothing really the authorities can do, though. The only thing, and we've talked about this, that maybe they could talk to the one and say, hey, we know what you've said. If anything ever happens to your wife or family, we know who did it. Didn't we have a case that happened? Mm-hmm. An officer did that. It might have been one of the two. No, that was one I of the saw. things I wanted to know from your relative that's a policeman. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know if they could do that because, like, if you go to one and you say, we'll, we'll know you were involved, well, now you could have the bias of the police. Mm-hmm. They could use it in defense. 
right? He said you could, you, you can but do that. But what if you said, we will be watching you. And if anything ever happens to your family, you're going to be the first person we come look for. Right. Now, maybe you could do that because you don't want police bias in court. You know, the defense could say, well, you said that if anything ever happened, y'all would come, you know, y'all knew it was him. And did y'all even investigate? You know what I mean? Well, I will tell you this, and this happened to someone I know. Um, the wife asked him to leave and was setting him up with little different things and threw all his clothes out in the lawn. And this is how I knew the answer to the question you asked about, can the police do that? So the police, anywhere where we live, they cannot do that. Um, what they do, they will call, though, okay. and that's what happened. They will call and say, hey, your spouse called, you're doing this, we expect you to comply with what we're telling you, or we will have to come out there. Okay. That's how they do it. I don't know if it's because, because I didn't get in a deep conversation with the person, if it's because they're so busy, or because there's a lot of false calls about this stuff, mm -hmm. or getting, it's considered a domestic um, issue. Yeah. More not of a, a civil criminal. criminal. Yeah, civil. Not a, um, yeah, yeah. And that's what this this, this person told me. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm hmm Okay. Uh, now, if you're a friend, family member, or coworker, and you suspect domestic abuse, especially if you can't find any physical signs, look for frequent absences from school or work. Low self-esteem, especially if it's sudden, mm -hmm. like if before they're very confident and self-assured and then all of a sudden they don't have a confident bone in their body, mm -hmm. there might be some abuse there, a change in their personality, uh, fear of conflicts, passive aggressive behavior, blaming himself or herself for the problems in the relationship, uh, isolation, and then also stress-related symptoms like headaches, upset stomachs sleep issues, skin rashes, and not making their checks mix. That's referred to me because <laughs> Stephen likes checks mix, and he says he's abused to Sherry because I don't make it. It is beck and call every second, every well, week. Well, he even told the doctors that when he was drugged. <laughs> yeah, he was having a procedure. Got your little pamphlets. Yeah. Yep. Treated okay. like poo. Now, on yeah. the blaming, you know, mm -hmm. yourself for... Um, the the problems in the relationship. Gabby Petito is the oh, best exam is. example example yep. of that. I watched a recent um, show on her because you know we did it this season, mm -hmm. the three parter, and the mom was on there, and it broke her heart to see how upset she was on the side oh. of the road. Yeah, and she said, "I know my daughter, and I'm telling you, she was terrified." And that's interesting because I knew that she was extremely upset. I knew that she was covering for him. Remember, we talked about it. Mm -hmm. um, you could see by her body language and her facial expressions that she she was lying and covering for Brian Laundry. Um, but the terror the mom could see, which I thought was interesting. You know, they're going to use that as a training video. They need to. Um, because, again, I don't see that they did anything necessarily wrong. They're trying to say what they thought were two kids in a little, you know, tiff. And she actually made herself the criminal. They were going to have to charge yeah. her, right? And um, he 
was like more of the good old boy. They built this rapport with them. Their body language training needs to definitely be increased for these policemen because I'm an amateur body language reader and I could tell immediately that she was lying to protect Brian. Yeah, you could see that. There was a special on TV about him and about that video was involved. Mm -hmm. And they, um, I don't know who it was, someone at the department said that one was a rookie and one hadn't been on the force that long and it should have been handled a little different yep i mean they weren't bad bad but they did have the officers you know have yeah. more training and yeah yeah i officers. think he definitely have a, had a rage problem mm-hmm. and i think he definitely uh killed her and then by i mean not killed her but had abused her before physically and i think she was terrified i do too and remember how in that one picture i, I thought that was a pillow and it was actually him I think I texted you guys to let you know that was him. So I bet she took the picture before, even though he was gone, she probably had that Mm -hmm. picture on her phone Mm -hmm. and had um, posted it. Now, um, there's also different types of abuse. There's physical, verbal, which usually includes emotional, mental, or psychological. There's sexual, economic, financial, and spiritual abuse. Stalking and uh, cyber stalking are also forms. The physical, now this is interesting, includes pinching. Oh, I believe it. And the pinching, that was in that book I read by Ann Rule of that cop, mm-hmm. that state trooper. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think he was down in Florida. He would pinch her all the time. And she said later, like, that, the fact that she didn't get killed was stunning. Um, but he would pinch the inside of her arms and her thighs where people couldn't, couldn't see, see. Yeah. and he would pinch so hard he would bruise her. Oh yeah. So that's abuse, pushing, obviously hitting, slapping, choking. And then of course, murder would be the ultimate form of abuse. And then verbal includes criticizing, demeaning, gaslighting, and then any words that suck the confidence out of the other person. And remember with Gabby, mm-hmm. she said he doesn't believe I can do it. Uh-huh. And she bent over. Sad. Remember that? She bent over. She's That's how much pain she yeah. was in from that. So in sexual abuse that I've seen with a lot of the cases of domestic violence, there's usually spousal rape or there's like a pressure and an intimidation to get the spouse to engage in unsafe sex and sexual sexual practices that the partner doesn't want to do. I see a lot of shows on that about, and a lot of them are like cult-like religions, mm-hmm. and religious is a lot of sexual abuse. There is, yeah. yeah. And then the economic or financial abuse is where the spouse controls all of the finances And then the uh, other spouses or partners' financial freedom and security are limited or eliminated. Like, you know, you hear extremes where they can't even go into the store by themselves. You know, the spouse is right there. Uh, They don't know all the, you know, bills, nothing. They don't have any money whatsoever. Someone outside waiting for you. Yep. For more. I knew a lady that happened. That's terrible. Mm -hmm. And then spiritual abuse is using any religion or like you said, cult type ideas mm-hmm. to control or abuse the spouse. But you know, I do think too that you can have all those in one relationship. Oh, a hundred percent. Not just one or the other. Mm-hmm. It can all. hundred yeah. percent. Yep. Now, I mean, do you have some of those, how you treat Stephen? Is that, which ones no, would you say? I don't right abuse Stephen. <laughs> it gets you guys Remember so Remember the email? Up. The email he sent? <sighs> He yes. needed help. Yep. Yeah, help him. Cal oh, help did not him. take oh, him away. Was that a threat? Oh, my I'll show him help. <laughs> Y'all heard it. It's <laughs> right here. Outline of a murder. Rotten. 
Now, stalking is repeated harassment and threatening behavior. Showing up at a victim's home or workplace is stalking. Oh, and here's the name of the book, You Belong to Me by Ann Rule. And it was Sandy and then her state trooper husband. She loved him a lot, but like I said, he would push her, he would pinch her, he gaslit her, he pressured her on everything. Like she said, it was like he had an insatiable appetite for stuff, for money, for sex, for everything. For true crime and rule has some fantastic books out there if you guys are interested. He was unfaithful multiple times. Then when she left him, he would break into the house at night and sleep in the attic or he would sleep with her, their son. He taped all of her phone calls and she knew it. She knew he was in the house and she just went to sleep. Uh, He filled her work office with so many balloons on her birthday that she couldn't even walk into it. And then when she was so embarrassed, you know, it just disrupted her work day and she just broke down and started crying. He said he thought that she would like it and feel loved, but that was not why he did it. No, I don't think that's why he did it to happy birthday. I miss you. He did it to humiliate her. Yes, he did. And to let her know he could get wherever he wanted and do whatever he wanted anytime. Yep. Um, now he did end up, and it was really sad, raping and killing and um, posing an innocent woman he had pulled over on I-95. Now, what's interesting on that woman that he killed, she looked a lot like him. In fact, when he was killing her, he kept calling her Sandy, and that wasn't her name. Um, Sandy never realized it was abuse. And that was back in the day. That was what, the 80s, Mm -hmm. I think, when all that happened, 70s and 80s. We didn't know as much as we do now. No. But it's so sad that he killed that that woman and posing her, he was going to do it again. Oh, yeah. He wouldn't have stopped at her. No. You don't pose victims like that and uh, not do just, like, you keep killing. Abusers and killers, uh, serial killers, they keep killing, but never the wife. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes they do, but yeah. Well, I mean, Ted Bundy tried to kill his girlfriend, Elizabeth, remember? Oh, yeah. Several times, and then he he quit. Um, Now, the victim that he killed, her name was Lorraine. She was like this powerful businesswoman. She had just met this guy, and I mean, her life was so so great, and and he ended it. Uh, Now, harassing phone calls, voicemail, email, postal mail, leaving unwanted items, vandalizing the victim's property. These are all forms of abuse, but so are threats of suicide and violence. So people need to know that. Uh, Now, domestic violence is actually less reported among women who regularly attend church or religious services. I believe that. I do too, because... The abuse keep thinking that God will change things right. when God does not violate the will of the other person. That's what people think. Well, God could change this or, you know, if God's real, nothing bad would happen. No, no. he gave the earth to us. He gave us free will. And gave so us choices. that's what yep. happens. Yep. And, um, people need to get away. It doesn't matter. And not only that, but it's self-love to get out of abusive relationships. I mean, even David fled his crazy murderous you know, father-in-law Saul, he didn't stick around to get the spear, you know, thrown into him. So wisdom is necessary. So what they say is develop a safety plan, especially with mental health and legal professionals. It's crucial. I think that's what saved uh, Dirty John's ex-wife. Oh yeah. She worked with her lawyer to get free. So a plan includes keeping your cell phone charged all of the time. 
have the phone with you all of the time. Maintain active peace, protective, or restraining orders, so don't violate it yourself, and then keep a copy of the order at all times. Give copies to your boss, the workplace reception area if applicable, uh, security school for the kiddos, because mm-hmm. they'll go get the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and they won't know that they can't go with them, or anyone else that needs to know to keep you safe and to keep your children safe. The most dangerous time, again, is when the partner decides to leave because a perpetrator is losing control, and that's what it's always about. And you don't want in anger just throw in their face that you're leaving, you're leaving, you're leaving, Mm -mm. and stay until Mm -mm. you can leave. Don't poke the bear. That's just poking the bear, yeah. And sometimes, unfortunately, I mean, like that one case we did where um, she was getting ready to leave, and she was doing everything right. She wasn't... Uh, you know, telling anybody anything. And he suspected, though, that she was um, squirreling away money. And sure enough, he had. And um, he shot her in front of the son, member and buried her in the backyard. Oh. Uh, Bonnie Haim, that's season two episode Oh, yeah, one. I remember her. But she was really careful, and he still found out. Uh, let's see here. Um, your safety caution, uh, precautions need to be appropriately heightened after the protective order or if you leave, like change where you work, change where you park, change your schedule, alert neighbors, have a plan in place for, uh, for them if they know that something might be wrong or there's immediate danger and they can contact the uh, proper authorities. Now, what is striking in all of these cases and in the book by Ann Rule is that most of the abused had no idea they were being abused. They didn't recognize that demeaning comments, gaslighting, excessive control, and other air quote, non-physically violent actions were abuse. Even slapping or pinching, they didn't recognize that it was abuse. So what I want everyone listening to this episode to understand is that domestic violence and intimate partner homicide warning signs are not just relegated to physical abuse. Again, most of our cases don't have any physical abuse at all. I also want those uh, listening that might be in abusive relationships to hear this. You are worth way more than being abused. Stephen, if you're listening to this, you're worth way more. (laughs) Absolutely. Except for Stephen. Absolutely. (laughs) Love will not save or stop this person. It's a fuel, actually, that escalates their abuse. We teach others how to treat us. So there's nothing wrong with you, and it's not your fault. It isn't your fault. That's a horrible, horrible. Okay. It's time for the saying. Oh, we don't have our drink. Oh, the saying. (laughs) So, I obviously have to do Elena's since, you know, she didn't do any with, you know, children involved. So, what's the first part? All right, let me kick you off. Be aware. No. Okay, you're second usually. So, let me do Elena's and see if it triggers, okay? Be smart. Be mean. You know, I have it's a, in my phone. I don't have my phone. I have a meme that says you should be fired. I don't know if it's posted yet oh, on my man. Instagram. Why do I forget it every time? Be smart. Be, be rude. Smart. Be rude. And don't be a victim. Be rude. That's no, it's over. The same as it's me. done. Be, be rude. But, but it's over. <laughs> like, I already did it. We're, we're done. Yeah. 
Outline of a Murder is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph? Ah!